Dos Uno. Hey guys, I am Caleb Giddings. And I'm Keith Finch. And you are watching or listening to Gun Day Brunch here on the Gat Daily YouTube channel or podcast feed. Uh, we are here this week uh, to talk about SHOT Show, but first, Keith. First, we are here talking thanks to these fine folk. Roll Yay, sponsors. Yeah. Yay, sponsors. Thank you for yeah. sponsoring Sponsorly. Thank you for sponsoring Sponsorly. Thank you for paying for, you know, our tomfoolery and whatnot. So anyway, so let's talk about SHOT Show because... When this is airing, I will be, I will probably be in the, well, while this is airing, I will probably be in the air headed to SHOT Show. Yeah. So for those that don't know, SHOT Show is the big industry trade show and it starts, it really kicks off in earnest on Tuesday. Uh, Monday, there's some range events and stuff like that. So you'll see a lot of people go uh, leave Sunday, which is when this episode will go live. And this, what's well, going to be a weird one, I think. And so that's actually what we're here to talk about is uh, shot show predictions and prognostication. Yes, I used a word that has five syllables in it, you guys. So that's. Prognostication. Yes. The more. So anyway, guys. So and the reason why we're doing this is because um, with the COVID restrictions and, uh, you know, some manufacturers dropping out, like today, a bunch of manufacturers sent out press releases saying, like, we're going to be there, which I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but do I think that the NSSF, like, just sent a gentle email to people being like, would you please just, like, tell people that you're going to be at SHOT Show, pretty please, because... If you follow the NSSF social media, it has been all like, who's, it's going to be like, they'll post something like showing booth set up or some, something like that. And it's all of the their, comments. Their, be, slogan, their slogan is, we're all in. Yeah. That, that's been their slogan for 2022 is we're all in. And like, I'm in too. As long as they were holding the show, I was going. So even if it was the NSSF booth and then like a tired little Aguila ammo booth because they didn't get the memo down, you know, by the Southern border. They're, they're like, Oh wait, everybody else canceled. We just hopped. Hey, oh, but no, there's no Corona in Mexico. That was super racist. And I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you should edit that. Out. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep it like cancel me. I don't care. But, um, <laughs> but for real. Uh, so let's talk about first. Um, what do you think? the show is going to be like because i obviously attendance is going to be down like for sure they're not going to get anywhere near their record attendance is going to be down so a a little bit of background we haven't had a shot show in two years now because 2020 was the 2020 shot show that january was like right at kickoff time for all the restrictions so 21 there was no show now we're 22 didn't they have one in 2020 yeah they did yeah so they had so one in a two year gap. There was a full year. They skipped one. We're a full oh. year, two year gap. So there was okay. only one show, but two years. It's been two years since we've been to the shot show instead of one, which is normal. Right. Um, um, look, looking at this, they were going to implement a size increase of the show floor. It's been trying, they've been trying for a, a few years now to get the Caesars Forum into the show floor as well. So there's more space and everything is laid out in a slightly less crowded manner, uh, which was one of, one of their goals 
prior to all of this craziness coming out and social distancing and all of that. So they no, finally one, get to do that this year. This is also the first show in a while that's not going to be in the Sands Expo Center, right? It's going to use the... No, Sand, they have Sands and Caesars. I thought they had the Venetians Convention Center and... Because I know that there was one coming up that was going to be the last one in the sands. Now we're both looking. We're like, hang on. Yeah, it was, I, like, I might be going to the wrong spot. <laughs> All right. We're both like on Google right now. Uh, sands becomes Venetian Expo. Okay, wait a minute. Oh, they just changed the name of it. Ah, got you good. Yeah, so the Sands Expo Center is the Venetian Expo Center. That confused the piss out of me. Yep. So now the Venetian Expo Center, the the, the Expo Center formerly known as the Sands, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then they're going to have a bunch over at Caesars as well. So they spread the show out. But How the looking hell? At okay. And I have a, a, a how the hell question, and this is my first SHOT Show prediction. I predict that the people who are over in the Caesars Forum are going to get way, 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 less foot traffic than they would have gotten even if they were in like the basement or one of those ballrooms that's like shoved off to the side. I'm definitely going to be looking at that aspect and see just how much different the foot traffic is. The original plan was to spread out the big names, the big, the big guys in the show, to make sure that some of them were over in Caesars mm -hmm. with nice, cozy, good-looking booths and everything like that to make it, to make it so the traffic all flowed and, and went to both spots. That way there was good ground traffic. Ah, crap. Hey, you just went on mute. Unmute. Good ground. There's good ground traffic. I was trying to mute myself, and I hit the wrong mute button. Uh, Congratulations. So toddlers in the background. So, and it makes sense that they were going to do that, because if you put a Ruger, uh, for example, you know, over in the Caesars Forum, people are going to go over there to see Ruger specifically and then that way if you're one of like the little orbiting booths that you know needs or like you know a good example is like you know a taxol sort of needs a Ruger to survive and if you're one of those orbiting booths then it makes sense for you to be over there versus like shoved off in a ballroom somewhere yeah so the there was a lot of method to their madness in this but with a lot of the major names pulling out or putting down minimal stabs um to avoid the COVID mandates, to make to make sure they don't have, you know, 60 of their employees all get infected or, or um, have to deal with COVID isolation restrictions after the show or anything like that. With all of that going down, I think the show's going to look a lot more like a Midwest mall that has a bunch of the stores closed, but there are a bunch of other stores that are still open. And because a lot of the smaller vendors are the ones still going, it's going to be like, the Dick's Sporting Goods is completely closed, and then the Macy's is closed, but then that little Hot Topic and Auntie Anne's pretzels are still there. I mean, that's what I'm going to the mall for anyways, is Hot Topic, and well, the girls in Hot Topic, when I was younger anyways, good lord. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, what? Anyway, 
Um, I can't believe Jack wasn't on to make all this Jeff. episode. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be. I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think you're. I think one of my big predictions for the show is you're going to see a lot of uh, booths that get set up, but only to the level that they are set up by the union laborers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where a company just decides to whole ass no show on their booth, right? Like the booth will get set up and then at the last minute the company's going to be like, hey, I don't want my whole, and here's the thing, and this is a real thing, like regardless of how you feel about the Rona and masking and all of that stuff, a company has to look at this at, especially some of these smaller shops where, you know, your marketing manager is also one of your engineers and your assemblers, and you're like, "Uh, if my, if half my staff gets sick, I can't make the things that pay my mortgage and pay my employees and by default then their mortgages. So maybe I'm just going to bail on this um, and, you know, not risk getting half my staff sick. So I think you're going to see like, I don't know if a lot is the right word, but you're going to see some unplanned no-shows for sure. Where at the last minute they're going to be like, this is a dumb idea. I'm out. Yeah. And, and it's going to be a very much a, you know, NSSF, thank you. We, we, we don't begrudge paying for the booth, but the, mm-hmm. the real kicker, the real kicker at the end of the day is going to be, I can't lose my staff for two weeks or three weeks with already losing them a week from the production side of things and making the regular business side of things. Cause they were out of the shop in Vegas doing this with a lower attendance show and everything like that. Do I think it's still going to sh- tend, uh, it's going to turn out to be a pretty good show? Actually, yeah, I'm getting that feeling. So, it's just going to be a weird one. It's you know, going to be a weird show. That's kind of one of the things I was thinking is there are, you know, half my friends are going to be there. So I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm not that upset that I'm not going. But on the flip side, I went to shot the last time it was in Orlando. Uh, and I think they had like, if memory serves me, they only had like 35,000 people show up that year, right? Because it was in Orlando. And as destination cities go, if you're not going there for the House of the Mouse or for Harry Potter land and then whatever bullshit rides Universal tries to get you to go on in addition to Harry Potter, um, uh, then there's not a lot of great reasons to go to Orlando, especially if you're an adult. But there's a lot of great reasons, but one of the things that always attracted people to the show in Vegas was, you know, if you own a gun store and you go for two days and then you spend the next three days getting rip shit drunk in Las Vegas and gambling, you could kind of have a built-in vacation there. And I know a lot of people did that, which makes sense, you know, but I think that to go back to the Orlando thing, I'm going to bet. And at the end of the episode, we're going to put a number on, we're going to do a prediction. Um, and the and you guys listening and watching this, I want you to get in with your predictions too. But we're gonna do a uh, do you want to do prices right rules on shot show attendees? So like how many people show up, and then there's a third option, and the third option is NSSF never releases the attendance numbers. Um, because, <laughs> so anyway, but to I'm sorry, I'm like squirrel. Uh, so but I think. So I think that you're going to get, so average normal year for shot is like 50, 60,000 people show up, right? That's a pretty, pretty good year. Uh, I think you're going to get like 30,000. I think it's going to look like that Orlando show where, may, where only about 30,000 people show up. 
And as a result of that, there will be plenty of like spooky, you know, empty CES opportunities for photos where you'll be like, there's just a giant empty space here and there's no one in it and stuff like that. But the flip side of that and why I'm a little bummed that I'm not going to get to go this year is because with only 30,000 people in attendance, I think it will be easier for the serious, for the like the serious journalists and the people that actually go there to do their jobs to do their jobs because my suspicion, and I could be wrong, but my suspicion is that a lot of those people that are going to be weeding themselves out of SHOT Show are more of the tire kickers, right? Like, you know, the guys who would normally go to for a day and a half and then spend the next three days on vacation. And I don't think that they're going to want to go to SHOT in the droves that they used to. Um, and then when you couple that with, you know, media companies cutting their staff and attendance and all of that, I think, yeah, about 30,000 people. But for the people that are there to work, it's going to be an easier show to work because you're going to be less likely to have your toes run over by some guy with an RSR car. I I have heard that prediction in more than one uh, instance. And give, giving it the 50,000 to 60,000 number of attendees that would be a normal Vegas shot show. And then looking at attendances in similar trade shows in other industries, that's probably a pretty, that that's probably not a bad, bad prediction. That's probably a pretty spot on, pretty close prediction. And we might, we might end up with higher attendance. We might end up with lower attendance, but I think this is going to be a good show for small, some of the smaller vendors that are still going even if they, they're going with reduced stabs and only like mm. two people are showing up and normally it'd be six or eight or 10 to run their little booth. And I think you're going to have longer and better conversations to either, you know, set up product distribution, move product, talk to, uh, talk to your end sales people, uh, the guys with FFLs and, and stores and everything like that. I think it's going to be a good show for a lot of people to converse and make those smaller deals and for the vendors in those smaller niches to push because the big guys are going to take care of themselves. I mean, you look at, uh, you look at SIG right now, SIG was the first big name to say, look guys, we're not going to go to shot show. But mm -hmm. when SIG flies in, SIG flies in with like 200 people, it feels like a ton of SIG's employees end up at shot show and mm -hmm. they run a huge, huge booth. And so I can't, I can't throw shade at SIG for deciding we're not going to disrupt our company for this week, plus an additional week due to COVID restrictions. And that's to say nothing of anybody actually getting sick and then being out longer. Uh, I can't, I can't fault that decision. So looking at it from this standpoint, it's going to be really good space for a lot of the midsize and smaller guys to have those conversations that they wouldn't necessarily be able to have. And everybody at the show being there to do some serious business because they made it to the show despite all the restrictions, despite all the uh, the mandates. You know, everyone there has passed the this. Like you said, the tire kickers aren't going to be there because they're not going to go there for a day and a half at the show and then three days in Vegas where they have to wear a mask on vacation. They're going to go home or they're not going to show up at all. They, they're they not going to see the value in it. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I, think, wise, I think I think it's going to be ghost towny on the floor in a few locations. That's going to be real eerie. I'm not sure what they're going to be doing about those 
yeah, maybe maybe each empty booth will have a keg at it, and there's going to be just a lot of really sloshed people wandering around Vegas. Like, hey, sorry we didn't make it, guys, but here's a keg, and there's just one of the one of the uh, Venetian staff there. Like, yep, I just I I would have to be here any day of the week anyway, but today my job is literally beer for anybody who comes by as an apology from this company for not showing up. You know, and I think, um, one, I think that would be great. They should do beer in every booth or whiskey or whatever. Uh, but let's get into prediction prediction. So um, I have some cards that are on my monitor. So I'm looking over here of things that people have told me is their predictions. We're going to read some of them out. So prediction number one, uh, it's not who or Will someone get kicked out for refusing to abide by the mask mandate? But how many people are going to get kicked out for refusing to abide by the mask mandate? Oh, I've been saying that in in meetings and uh, conversations I have for a while. It's not going to be who. It's going to be how many. It's going to be and and on what day and for what and at what belligerence level. It's going to happen. I. <laughs> Someone is going to be like, nope, I don't need to wear a mask. You can't make me. And the casino is going to be like, and you don't have to be here. Because they yeah, are, they sure are, gonna, they are, well, and Vegas is enforcing this. So, and here's the thing that people don't understand. Vegas needs tourism. There is no Las Vegas without tourism. And there's no tourism to Las Vegas if people are getting sick left and right and spreading Rona and shutting down and all of that. So Vegas is hardcore about enforcing this mask mandate. And for, again, whether or not you agree with it, I don't really give a crap about, you can think it's stupid. You can think it's great, but it's there. And I'm, I am curious to see, like, I'm going to be watching social media uh, with like a couple of hashtags, like shot show. And then uh, like, masks and like hashtags around masks because i want to see people like i want to see how many people flip out about this because i personally will find that very entertaining and i i've seen some social uh posts go up around that we're not attending shot show because of the mask mandates that's fine if you as a company decide hey i'm not going to make my people mask up just to go to vegas and attend this thing fine no problem with that but the fact that the casinos who own the venue, who own like the, the casinos are the way and the law in Las Vegas, they're saying masks. That's, therefore, those of us who are there, we will be masked. You can like it. You can hate it. If I'm going to be on because I have to be there. I have to be there at the show. This is a condition of being there at the show this year. All right. Now, enough with the COVID predictions. Our next prediction is already happening so it's not really a prediction and it's magpul will launch a bunch of products that look really awesome that you can't buy <laughs> my favorite one so far of the mag and they do this every year they use the the week prior to talk about all the stuff that they're bringing to the show that will then like last year was a really harsh year for production and everything like that so i can't give them too much shape but the the funny thing about the Magpul launches are you go, hey, yeah, those are coming. And Magpul always says these are coming. These are not ready. These are not launch ready. They're coming. But then you'll wait just long enough that you forget about them. And so when Magpul relaunches and stuff starts shipping, you have this weird deja vu moment. Like, I swear I've heard this before. I swear somewhere someone said this. Was it out already? Also Did I 
They also love to use this week to troll people because they can, oh, they, yeah. today they announced their polymer um, dust cover as a product. Yes, yeah. And like I read it four times and I'm like, this is trolling. I'm still not 100% sure that's trolling, but I'm pretty sure their polymer dust cover is trolling. But you know what isn't trolling? And you know, speaking of products that I think are cool that I can't buy is they've got a replacement stock for the Ruger American Ranch series that mm-hmm. allows you to keep the uh, Stanang mag pass, uh capability for it. And frick, does it look good. Frick. It looks so good. And I'm, it's got an unlocked bipod that you could just put on yes. it. And I'm like, oh, oh. There, there were three, there, there have been three products that Magpul's launched so far that made me like, Ugh. the first was the MP5 stock to go along with their MP5 braces that they did earlier. I have one of the braces on my Zenith. Um, and I've been thinking about form wanting that thing and turning it into SBR this whole time. Uh, but H and K stocks are freaking ridiculous. And so are B and T's. And so every time I think about it, I'm like, yeah, but it's, kind of okay the way it is and then magpul drops this new stock and it's going to be like 160 165 dollars it's got qds on it and it gives you that mp5 like a2 or a3 i can't remember which one's the adjustable one right offhand um but it gives you that profile with a more modernized and very comfortable looking stock and i'm like yes the second one was the ruger stock uh for the ranch series i'm like excellent and the third one was the dust cover because I am a I am an armorer. But is the I, dust cover I real? Work, is it real? I, yes, I believe it's real 100 percent And it makes me so happy because sitting there and screwing around with the damn little spring on the plate and then the rod and everything like that. I one of the most hated things about putting together a rifle upper is that I don't like that. Or you start you know, putting on your handguard and your your uh, delta ring and everything like that, and you forgot to put that in there, so everything has to come off. And this is literally just, oh, hey, it's on. They've they've made everybody who has ever messed up installing a dust cover's life a million times easier. And it's you know, it's not going to cost that much. I don't remember what the MSRP is supposed to be, yeah. but like it's it's going to be super inexpensive. Uh, guys like Daniel Defense have already been using polymer dust covers for a little while, so it's not a new concept. But it's from like the main name in polymer, main name in plastic for for gun stuff, and it it has a super, super easy install. And that just, that just made me so happy because there's no little C-clip ring. There's no fighting with that spring for the dust cover itself. There's none of that. It's just like, it's just a Lego piece now. And that makes me. And don't hurt my feelings like the waffle maker. All right. I hope. Okay. The waffle maker did make me sad. And until Madpool makes it right, that the waffle maker is in fact a true product. I am going to be sad. I in fact commented on their social media that I would be seeking my hug that they offered um, <laughs> to the crowd. They offered, they they offered hugs? hugs. They offered hugs. I have the screen cap. <laughs> Dude, you should definitely roll up with the screen cap and be like, hug please. I am absolutely going to roll up to one of the one of the guys I know at Manpool and and, and uh, ask for that. 
Yeah, don't go to some rando Calrissian and be yeah, like, no, I'm I'm not just some random, like, it's their first shot show ever, and it's this scary time, and there's COVID and everything like that. No, I'll, I'll, roll, I'll roll up to Scott or somebody and be like, hey, it says it, man. Hugs. <laughs> Hugs. <laughs> All right, so, uh, let's see. Other fun shot show predi- predictions. Um Oh, I mean, somebody, I mean, obviously there will be, you know, uh, there'll be a lot of cringe because there's always a lot of cringe at SHOT Show, but... I'm wondering what? if there's going to be a different category of cringe, like mm, some cringe some cringe with a COVID theme to it. Some people Will there go- be a booth? Okay, here's one. So there's always a couple of booths, usually down in the dungeon, uh, for people who don't know, the main level of shot is like where all the cool kids have their booths. And then there's this level down below that, that they call the dungeon. And it feels a lot more like a carnival uh, because that's where like <laughs> the companies that are on the come up are and where they're like, they're trying to make it. And if they sell enough, they'll be able to move up to a nicer booth next year or something like that. It's also where the companies that are just weird are like some of the crap I've seen down in the dungeon, it blows your, blows your mind. And also, it's where you're most likely to encounter a company that thinks hiring a stripper to stand in front of your booth is a good marketing plan. So, will there be strippers with COVID masks this year in the dungeon? And if so, if you're listening to this and you see one of those, send pics because I, I will roast it on my social media relentlessly. <laughs> Um, I, I suspect high odds of that, just like I suspect high odds of companies or maybe just employees at companies and definitely attendees clashing with the mask mandates. It doesn't matter how many emails the NSSF sends out. It doesn't matter how many confirming emails that the, uh, that all the casinos, you know, CC on and say, no, mask mandate is in effect for Las Vegas. It's the rule. You have to do it because we would like to stay open. Uh, and uh, someone, someone is going to fly in there and be like, I didn't know we had to wear masks. It's going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. You're going to get one of those guys. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's happened for frick's sake, no, that, that happened here, on here planes. Was, here like, was my, like, I wanted to see what the odds were going to be that that happens as I'm landing. Like, I run into that in the airport as we're getting off the plane into Las Vegas. I'm going to say pretty good because I have been flying commercial since, um, let me back this train up here. Uh, COVID shut down the world in March of 2020. I was flying commercial for work. I broke my arm didn't fly for two months, started flying again in September of 2020. I've been flying commercial every month nonstop since September of 2020, right? At this point, everybody who goes to an airport should know you have to wear a mask. It's the law. It's actually, it is actually a law because federal executive orders can at times have the force of law, which in this case they do when they're directing a uh, an agency how to act. So it's the law. So I guarantee, but I guarantee that there will be somebody who gets off the plane uh, and, you know, they knew they had to do it in the air on the plane and they're just going to yeet their mask off in the middle of the airport 
and be like, ah, and ah, freedom, the air once again. And then a nice security person is going to be, because they have to do this every day for every person who does this, a nice security person is going to approach them and be like, sir, madam, you have to mask up. Welcome to Las Vegas. And they will lose their minds. Yeah. Yeah, that is 100% going to happen. And it's sad. And here's the thing, it is kind of sad. Like, you know, I just... It doesn't need to be like this, guys. Like, look, I don't, I know that we're going to get some friggin' dill hole in the comments who's going to be like, oh, listen to these guys defend mask mandates. And we're not defending. Just like we defended the NFA, right? Exactly. Just like we defended the NFA. Here's the thing, guys. Keith and I live in the real world. And would I like to live in Caleb's Libertopia paradise if you are not the boss of me and everyone gets machine guns? Yes, I would, but I don't live there. So until that sort of thing happens, I have to sort of play nice in the world that I live in because I kind of like it. And I would like to keep going on not being in jail and not getting kicked out of events and stuff like that. So when we talk about stuff like this, yeah. Yeah, there there comes a time when my principal has to take a a a breath not a back seat but a breath of reality and say okay i do not like wearing the mask or i do not like the nfa or whatever it is policy that we're talking about that i do not like i do not agree with but looking at it okay if i don't do this what are the consequences for me, for mine, for my ability to keep doing all the other things I do like, including pay my mortgage, keep the lights on, eat, things like that. All very enjoyable things that I would I would like to keep doing because I was able to keep doing business and making money. So, uh, especially for the mask mandate, which personally doesn't really bother me that much. It's annoying, uh, but. It's, it's been something that's been, it was made widespread by COVID. Um, it, it was made, you know, a universally understood thing by COVID. It brought masks into banks being the way to do it instead of not wearing a mask into a bank, which was really funny. <laughs> for, I remember one time early on. You'll carry, you had to wear a mask. So you would walk into a bank with a mask and a gun. And that was the way you had to do it. You couldn't do it without the mask. I remember one time I went into a liquor store in Miami and I just had this moment of like, and, you know, I was wearing like a black mask and I was wearing a long sleeve t-shirt because it was chilly that day. So you couldn't see any of my tattoos or any of my visual identify anything you could use to identify me. And I've got a gun and I'm just like, this feels weird. (laughs) But it's somehow so, so right. Anyway, I made like 600 bucks that day. It was weird. <laughs> I did not rob a liquor store in Miami, guys. No, Allegedly. he made six hundred bucks. He didn't rob the liquor store. Yeah, but that, that, was just one, that was just one of the funnier ironies of COVID. It's like, okay, I am legally n- like the bank will not me let me in without the mask. The bank will let me in with the gun. Um, so yeah, there, so there I'm we confused. Go. Yeah, very strange. 
And uh, so looking at it from that standpoint, it comes down to, and it's the same reason companies have decided to either pull back or pull out of a shot. They're making a calculated decision to make sure that their long-term prospects are, are as well set up for them as possible, that they keep their stabs safe, that they keep themselves in a position to keep doing business, which is why a lot of them are sending reduced staff instead of no staff at all. I know a lot of crews got trimmed down. Um, not just based on costs, but just based on all the factors involved saying, we still want to be there to shake hands, to talk to the people we need to talk to, but we don't need 60 people going down, even just for an isolation period after they get back out of Vegas on Saturday or Sunday or whenever they were flying back out. Um, so I know, a, I know a booth, uh, good friends with everyone at the booth who normally like 20 or 30 people thick they're sending three and one's flying back oh, wow. out home on Monday. So they're for a booth that's normally like 20, 30 people, they're going to be two. Hmm. And, yeah. and they're, and they're working mostly on their calendars going, Hey, let's go meet up at a restaurant. Hey, let's meet, you know, over here. They're not going to be chilling at the booth showing off product. They're going to be meet, They're going to be going there for the meetings they've scheduled ahead of time and covering down on people who want to, uh, talk that they that they had arrangements with prior and they're going to take everything else that they do and push it like a lot of companies are they're going to push a lot of communication into the digital space instead and I suspect this is going to make a interesting NRA following up on this shot show because you're going to see a lot of the things that would have been here at SHOT Show at NRA instead. So as an additional prediction to what uh, the strangest going on at SHOT Show, I can foresee the NRA annual meeting here um, on Memorial Day going... Wait, is NRA annual meetings over Memorial Day this weekend? Yeah, they moved it, they moved it to Memorial Day weekend. Guess who's not going? Mm-hmm. And it's not because I don't... I actually kind of wanted to go, well, I wanted to go depending on some other stuff, but I would have liked to have gone this year just because to your point, that was actually going to be one of my predictions was I think that NRA annual meetings will be pretty, like, if we're not, you know, still in, if, if we're not on like, you know, if we, we haven't gotten to whatever... On Decepticon, we're not on the Starscream variant of. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ooh, Starscream would be a fucking cool name for a variant. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if we're not on the Starscream variant or whatever, then yeah, yeah it so would NRA, be. NRA five months away, but we're going to see a lot of what we did, we would have here physically there again yeah, if we're not sure. not on Starscream variant. Yep. Well, guys. Uh, I think shot's going to be weird this year. Um, and I don't really have anything else other than I think it's going to be weird this year. Uh, since this is going to air on Sunday before shot starts, why don't you guys send us your predictions for shot show in the comments? Because I'm interested to know what y'all think is going to happen. Um, I'll be wandering again, around confirming or denying said predictions. So yeah, like, exactly. I'll, yeah, I'll be there to see it. <laughs> We'll Keith see. will actually be in person to confirm whether or not your 
password, your password, good Lord, to confirm whether or not your predictions have come true, guys. So uh, if you do have some funny predictions, like, you know, like we didn't even do any real product predictions, like high point, like the Glock carbine is finally going to come out. Or do you remember for years that was like Glock has launched? Because this was before PCCs, like, this was in the, the first wave of PCC hotness, yep, back in like yep. the mid-2000s, when everyone was like, get a PCC, it's the perfect patrol rifle. And then, so we all thought Glock was going to do a, a, car, a carbine for years, and obviously that never happened. Uh, the Glock it, it, just, it just never, and, and then the predictions shifted that the Glock carbine would be a 5.56 variant of some sort, because 5.56... Uh, to all the hotness. Yep. Uh, I do think on the product front, I think you're going to see this, and we'll, I think we'll probably wrap on this. We'll each do one product um, uh, prediction. So I think on the product front, you're going to see a. Uh, sorry, I just got an email from Brownell telling me that they're definitely going to be at Shot Show and they're going to have celebrities in their booth. Let's sure. see what Brownell considers a celebrity. Okay, new products. Brennos has their own line of white labeled optics. Cool. Uh, BRN 180 folding stock. Kind of want. Um, I, I have BRN 180 in my in my work vault. Is nice. Do like. Okay. So none of the people. So I was actually kind of hoping that one of their celebrities would be um, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, who is a UFC fighter who Brennos mm-hmm. sponsors. Uh, unfortunately. Then I would have been like, ah, I'm gonna take a little little trip out to Shot uh, <laughs> Show because she's my favorite. She's one of my favorite fighters. Like, and I would love to like get like an autograph or let her kick me in the head or something. Maybe not the latter. Maybe one. she almost killed maybe the girl. Sign it and then kick it. We'll and see. then kick me in the head. So the biggest celebrity that they're going to have, uh, well, okay, Keith, who is a bigger celebrity, Rob Leatham or Grand Thumb? And I know uh, the actual okay. answer to this, and it hurts my feelings. Yeah. Celebrity, it's definitely Mike. It's not Rob. Yeah. But like shooter, even Mike would say, no, it's Rob. <laughs> right. Because I mean, you you don't end up getting called the great one unironically unless you're, you know, kind of okay. At you're kind it. of good at it. You're, you're kind you, of okay. You're probably good at it. Like, oh, and they're having the guy. That'd be good. They've got that guy from, uh, Hollywood weapons from from the the prop shop, the ISS prop shop will be there too. Larry Zanoff, so that should be interesting, uh, guys. So oh, stop by the yeah yeah. So stop by the Brownells booth if you would like to meet Rob Lethem or Grantham and I and a whole bunch of other people that I don't know. Like right, I'm, I'm sure cool. if you're there, I'm sure the schedule will be posted or you can find yeah. it online to get your hey, times. Here's a question, John from Magpul. Is his name, I've never, I've only ever read his name. I've never heard it said out loud, but because I can read French, I always read it as canapé, but is it canapé or canipe? I have always heard it pronounced canipe, and I have never been corrected, including by Magpul personnel. So right, if well, I am ever corrected by John himself, then it, it will be. But I, like, I, I facilitated uh, an interview between him and... Uh, Bill Frady that might have gone on today. I don't know if it's going to air today or, or next week where he's talking about uh, the Magpul trolling and the product releases in equal measure, I'm sure. Uh, but 
I, we might be able to hear an episode of Lock and Load that solves that mystery. Interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm certain that it's Knipe because this is America, not French or not Froglandia. So, uh, yeah, it's probably Knipe. But I was just, he's going to be at the Brownells booth. And I was just reading that email. And I was like, and it, it was one of those where the, it dawned on me. And I'm like, oh, I don't uh, know actually how to say this because I've never heard it said out loud. So, I've always heard it Knipe. Uh, right. every, every person who has ever talked about John around me has has been connected. But I've never actually asked John that. I was always just, hey, here's John. All right. So uh, my product prediction that I never got around to because I got sidetracked by the Brown House email because I'm usually sidetracked by things is I think that the products in general are going to be very CCW and home defense focused, right? Like that's going to be, that's where the industry has been driving for the last mm -hmm. two years in between when we had a shop show with all of the civil unrest. And also as a side, that's it. That's going to be the cringe. You're going to see cringe tied to civil unrest. Like looters kick down your door at 4 a.m. Are you ready? The new Tactical Blaster 9000 will help you blast those people right off your porch. That's going to be the cringe. That's my prediction. Fucking book it. All right. So now, <laughs> what's your prediction? My prediction has already actually started coming true to a degree. So it's, uh, it's not really a prediction. Uh, a company beat me to the punch, called me and talked to me about it. And that's the continued miniaturization of optics. Oh, they yeah, get, for sure. They continue, especially in the LPBO field, smaller and lighter. And then uh, Primary Arms called me up and they're like, hey, look, smaller and lighter. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> so I'm wondering who else is going to be doing, who else is going to be coming out with cooler variants of that, of smaller, lighter, still robust, still make see the far and everything like that. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting a lot of neatness in that area or, or maybe not. We may not see as much of it as I'd like to, but I really, I really want to, I want to see, cause I like, I've got, I've got a VCOG on a rifle sitting right next to me right now. And I want to see in the rear view mirror that like 10 years after that was the hotness in optics, we have this super small light and much more capable optic that's pretty much as durable, mm -hmm. not like exactly as durable. Trijicon decides like, hmm, what if we made a scope, but also made battle tank? And All right. <laughs> scope. And okay. so I, I don't expect, but to, with very reasonable degrees of durability and water and, and all the uh, atmospheric uh, armor that it needs, I, I want to keep seeing advancement in that direction because that's where we've been seeing stratospheric momentum is on that LPVO front. And it it's going to be, it, we're going to hit the plateau the same way we've done with like 5.56 five, and 9mm and, and things like that. We're going to hit the plateau on some point. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think we've got space still to keep going quite a while, especially in the optics field. So I'm expecting more of that. I'm also going to be curious to see who is jumping on to 30 Super from Federal. Oh, man. I, oh, I know, I'm so... Oh, I, know, I know guys are going to be out there because 30 Super 
could end up, I don't think it's ever going to overtake nine millimeter, but it could end up in a really cool, comfortable niche, kind of like five, seven is where it's a good niche performance round. And I can see it doing a lot of good because we like our micro nines right now. We like our stack and a half nine millimeters. Like I carry a P365 because it's a tiny handgun that has 12 rounds in it where before I was carrying a P229, which is a pretty substantial handgun that I sh that I shot very well, that only had three more rounds in it than my current much lighter and much smaller handgun. Uh, but going and taking that type of platform and putting it as a 30 super, you might be able to get back to that 14, 15 round capacity uh, in these micro nines. And I think it's gonna carve itself a real nice niche there. And we could also see fun things in PCCs where Magazines that hold 30 oh, now hold uh, 40, 45. Don't even get me started about 30 super comp, uh, and except now it's shit, it's not 30 super comp, 30 super carry. See, I've done this a bunch of times. All right, there's this round called 38 super comp, guys. It's awesome, still around. Uh, I'm so excited for 30 super carry. It's it is as a as Tamara, our mutual friend, said, it's 40 Smith and Wesson. But actually, if you understand how terminal ballistics work, you know, yes. and it's like it makes the most sense. All right. And again, the possibilities for this friggin' thing, nigh endless. Uh, a PCC firing a 30 cal round that holds like 40 rounds in like a Glock 33 round stick. Yeah. Sign me up for that. Sign me right up for that. That has been like an M1 carbine, but better. Uh, friggin', yes. it, it is an M1 carbine, but better. Um, friggin' that. I, again, and I know I'm the only, I know there's like 25 people who think this is a great idea, but I really do think there's enough room that you could squeeze eight of those into like a GP100 or a Smith and Wesson L frame because you can get seven 3057s into an L frame. Now, think about how much smaller that rim diameter is. So, like, could you get eight in an L frame? You, could you give me a three, a, a, a 586L? A 586L comp with a compensator and an eight-round mood clip gun with 30 super carry, they sell 25. I'd buy two. Listen, Smith & Wesson, I would buy two of those tomorrow. Christ, $1,500. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'll buy them. I'm in. This is, oh, man. Anyway, we should we could we should end a whole episode on thirty super carry and how freaking hype we I can am. we can we'll we'll get there because I I want to put my hands on it I want to get who whoever's first producing a nice pistol in it I want to play with this round Nighthawk. I really do want to play with this round because I and honestly one of the most exciting things about this shot show and it it's either it either blew your skirt up because you thought okay this is a cool concept or you think it's the dumbest thing ever. Why, why wouldn't I, uh, why, you know, why would I get on this nine millimeters just fine? And we're, guys, we're not saying nine millimeter isn't just fine. Nine millimeter is fine, but this thing is cool because it's one of the first times since 40 Smith and Wesson that we've tackled this concept because we went mm -hmm. to 40 Smith and Wesson realized we didn't get nearly what we would otherwise have gotten you know, out of it, like we tried, we went down this development path where we were like, crap, nine millimeter bags, 10 millimeter, oh, 10 millimeter too much, 40, 40 still not optimal, look at science. And then we ended up back at nine. Right. And this is, this is now us looking at that concept again of what they tried to do, just like Tamara said, this is what they tried to do. But like, 
with a with 20, 30, 40 years of extra physics understanding in it going, this is what we actually need the rounds to do. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. And the fact that we have space savings and uh, it, the, that we have the space to get more rounds in the gun, that we're paying attention to the physics package with the gun so that we get the round doing what we need it to do as a defensive round. All of that's really cool because you're going to see more capacity with good performance um, and uh, material-wise, this shouldn't be super, and if it spins up well enough, you're going to see it at reasonable price ranges. You're not going to see it at nine millimeter price for a while. It's probably going to be closer to like 45 ACP is, or even 10 millimeter is out of the box, at least initially, but you're going to see it develop and it's probably going to find a really comfortable niche in handguns. Yeah. I, I think you're, I got, I hope you're right. I really want it to be good. Uh, on that note, guys, we have to wrap this episode up. Uh, thank you everyone for watching and listening and sharing and liking and subscribing and forcing your phone into someone's face to make them watch this while you have their eyes pried open, like in uh, clockwork orange. Don't do that. That's a crime. Um, but, <laughs> or do, and just don't tell us about it. Anyway, guys, thank you so don't much. Uh, we'll be back next ever. Hopefully we'll be back next week. If Keith doesn't get the weaponized turbo Rona at shot show. So see you guys in a week. If, if I do, though, I am totally calling it the uh, Starscream variant. I started yeah. predicting that right now. All right. Later, guys.